your branding badass, and welcome to Season 2 of Branding Matters. My guest today is Tom Schapansky, one of the three founders of Rethink, Canada's hottest national independent creative agencies. You may not know the name, but I'm pretty sure you know the work that they've done because they've done award-winning work for such iconic brands as A&W, Ikea, WestJet, Kraft, and Molson, just to name a few. Tom started Rethink in 1999 with Chris Staples and Ian Grace, who have been the co-creative directors ever since. He currently sits on the Rethink board of directors with them and helps oversee the strategic direction of the company while continuing to coach and mentor the next generation of Rethinkers. I invited Tom to be a guest on my show today to talk about the Rethink story and what a story it is. I wanted to learn how three ad guys joined forces to build one of Canada's most reputable creative shops. And I was curious to hear about Tom's new foray into the music world with a band called 2.0. Tom, welcome to Branding Matters. Well, it's great to be here, Jolie. Thanks for having me. It's so nice to have you here. I love when people introduce me to new and interesting people and then we connect and now you're on my podcast. So this is great. I want to get right into Rethink because you guys are hot right now, not just in Canada, but I understand you're just opening up or have opened up an office in New York as well. So lots to cover. First of all, I want to go to the beginning. How do you, Ian and Chris, know each other and how did this evolve? Yeah, I mean, it goes way back. Chris and I started in Edmonton in the early 80s. I'm that old. We started (laughs) at an agency together, junior copywriter, junior account guy. And we've worked together our whole career, 35 years together at four agencies. I'd call Chris like a brother. And honestly, one of the most talented, both Chris and Ian, two of the most talented creative people I've had a chance to come across and work with. And then Chris and I met Ian when we were at Palmer Jarvis in the early 90s. They grew to be the co-creative directors of Palmer Jarvis in Vancouver and nationally, and I ran the client service group. So we, you know, we worked under Frank Palmer and Palmer Jarvis through the 90s and had a great run there and sort of learned the really the importance and value of creativity from the run that we had and they sold to a multinational so things changed yeah so that's where uh, that's where we met okay so then what made you decide to join forces and what was the genesis of rethink the real tipping point jolie was palmer jarvis was on an amazing run two three time agency of the year highly awarded and the owners sold the business to Omnicom. And you heard the speech, which you hear all the time, nothing's going to change. It's all going to be the same, blah, 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 blah. And honestly, a week later, you know, we joke, are they charging for every photocopy? Like a week later, it honestly started to shift. You could feel the shift and the shift really from putting people and product first, which was when you're independent, you can. And you just saw this profit creep. You saw the importance of profit, the focus on profit. And it was not long into the transition and sale to Omnicom that we just started talking and saying, this isn't the same. This isn't the magic that we had when we were independent. So that was really the tipping point. And and then, you know, you have dinners together, you're on shoots together, and you start having conversations about, isn't there something like what we had? And then we thought, well, why couldn't we create that? That was sort of the genesis. And so you, three of you came together and you started off just three of you or did you hire people? We read a book. 
And the book is called Open Minds. Open Minds was written by Andy Law, who broke away from Chiat Day. And he created a company called St. Luke's that was values-based, that was a cooperative. And we read it. Actually, we were distributing it around Palmer Jarvis and some of the senior management got it and go, what's this all about? This is like the dark side, right? So with that inspiration said, why kind of why not us? Why can't we do something? So so, yeah, it was to answer your question. It was the three of us. We grew in our first year to almost 20 people always been profitable, but not by putting profit first, but by managing and adjusting the business to the conditions of the year. Really had good fortune out of the gate, had good momentum. We didn't poach any clients. Some people came over. We got some good opportunities and we got some pretty major business in our first year of business. So we're up to almost 20 after our first year. 20 employees. 20 employees. Wow, that's amazing. And where where was your head office? In Vancouver? Yeah, it was in Vancouver. We had quite a rundown little space because you don't put your money into overhead, you put it into talent. We literally had month-to-month space in this building that didn't have heat, and we won the A&W business. I remember the CEO and president come in, and there was no heat in the building, so we had these portable space heaters. It was just, it was ridiculous. But again, they were looking for talent, not fancy offices. So we started, and we've always had a Vancouver presence and a Vancouver operation, but over time, obviously expanded beyond Vancouver. And so tell me about the name Rethink. You know what? First of all, we didn't want to be the old school, use our surname. It wasn't going to be Staples, Schapansky, Grace, or something like that. So with that, we treated the agency like our first creative assignment and said, let's come up with a name that resonates, a name that is different, but hopefully a name that makes a little bit of a statement because, uh, you know, there's lots of companies that have creative names, but we, I'd say we got lucky. You know, the notion of rethinking something is to think differently. So we like the idea. But the funny story about the name, Jolie, is when we opened, we started with Rethink and we didn't realize this is, again, you know, this is 1999. There was actually a Rethink in Toronto in marketing. And we then, the the trademark lawyer said, you may not have the rights to use this. And I almost like, oh my God, how embarrassing that would have been. So I managed to purchase the rights from that company for what now seems like nothing. It was one of those tense moments where I thought, oh my God, we may have to change our name. That would look pretty bad. As a branding agency, we did do our trademark search. How long after? <laughs> this was like in our third month. So we managed and obviously we've been proud to use it ever since. And it's been helpful. I think Ian often says rethinks like a one word business model. You know, I think for most people, it's a constant learning journey and rethinking is about constantly learning and growing. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's a great name and it's it's more than just a name. It's really a concept. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it is. So what do you think your special sauce is that has propelled you into such success in such a quick time, like you said? You know, I think the biggest thing is staying true to our core values. So when we started, the story I'd tell you is we had a little whiteboard in that crappy little office. And on the whiteboard, we said, well, what do we want to do? Well, we want to work with people we believe in. We want to work on brands we believe in, and we want to believe that they're looking for a creative opportunity to solve their business problem. And we thought, wow, that's pretty idealistic, but that's just kind of smart, right? And then I wrote in not so small letters, and they have to pay our rates. Yeah, right. (laughs) Right? So, but, But so the special sauce would be just like the three chapters in the book, people, product, profit, in that order. 
but all are critically important. Like profit's not important, but if you prioritize that over the health and well-being and talent of your team and the output that you deliver, that's just not in alignment. For me, it's kind of just common sense, right? Like it's like, just be nice to people, be kind, be supportive, pay them well. We have profit sharing, like we make money, share the profit. And guess what? We have people who've been with us 20 plus years and you worked in the business, like that's almost- Unheard of, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, people go to from different agency to different agency, very much so. Like law firms. I find law firms are the same way for some reason. Well, it's similar. So so why do you think they're leaving? Because there's this misalignment of values. And you know what's actually really inspiring is I look at the next generation. I look at millennials and younger. And guess what? The first question they ask is, what are your values? They see if you stand by your values. So, you know, not that we were early into this, but again, that just made good business sense and good common sense. And it's like a life skill, just be good to people. And when I say that, did we part ways with people? Absolutely. Did people not fit? Absolutely. Did we have conflict and did we try to deal with it respectfully? But yeah, in the end, coming out of the pandemic, health and well-being of people is obviously only that much more important. So I'd say that would be our special sauce and alignment with clients who we have a shared belief around the power of creativity, saying no to clients who want to tell you what the ad should look like. That's been at the core for sure. Our purpose, because everyone's got a purpose, creating believers in the brands we believe in. That's a great way to look at things. And you're right. You are a bit of a pioneer in that sense, because right now, and I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of leaders all about branding, and it's really about aligning what your brand stands for and what your purpose is with your audience, because that's how you're going to connect with them. And that's how you're going to get them to fall in love with your brand. And that's how you're going to create loyalty and all that. So it does all go back to purpose. And that's probably one of the reasons why you are still successful today. Thank you. But I'd say of the brands that I believe in, like I look at who's behind it, probably one of the earlier into this was Yvon Schmernard and Patagonia. You know, I've read his book, Let My People Go Surfing. He's written lots of books. They have 1% for the planet. They just do so many things right. And I know they're a big company now, but I'm inspired by leaders who have clear purpose in this city You know, Lululemon has been an incredibly successful brand. Well, early days, I learned about Simon Sinek through Lululemon. And I was at a Lululemon meeting probably 15 years ago. And they go, we should refer to the Golden Circle. I go, what are you talking about? And then I went and watched his TED Talk. People buy with their hearts. Clients choose an agency based on their emotion and their heart. And it's no different for any of us as we align with brands, as we align with companies. Absolutely. We make most of our decisions on an emotional level, right? I mean, they say, listen to your gut or listen to your heart. I think that's human nature. And I think when you tap into that, like you said, especially with your branding and your marketing, I think that's where you're going to really make that connection and be successful. It's easy to think about all the rational and functional reasons why people buy what you buy. And you need all those for rationalization, right? Because people need to rationalize every decision they make. But for them to put you at the top of the consideration list, it's really 100% emotion. And it's 100% 
do I fall in love with that? And then you can actually charge more. You can demand lots of things as a brand because you could be out of stock. Try getting an Arc'teryx jacket for Christmas. Well, I had to find one halfway across the country for someone I was buying it for. Well, oh, yeah. I'm scrambling. I got a different color, but I'm okay with that because that's the brand I want, right? Yeah. So- Another brand that comes to mind is Yeti. I have so many clients that love to get Yetis for me and they can't keep them in fast enough. The stock just goes. And, you know, Yeti's a bit of a cult brand, right? And for all the same reason. I think we could go on and on and on. Where you could tell we're both so passionate. But I want to get right into your book because you did mention your book that the three of you wrote together, which I suspect must have been an interesting exercise. It's called Rethink for Creativity. So what inspired you to write that book and who did you write it for? Well, let's just start with the last thing the world needs is a memoir from three ad guys, right? Like, <laughs> geez, that would be lame and not interesting. So we really tried to ensure that it wasn't about us and our journey. And in fact, we initially said, we're not going to put our name on it. It should be from Rethinkers. So we actually had pushback from our team to go, come on, you guys, at least you have to have authors, right? That put their name on it. So what we chose to do is we just, and Ian, I really want to give Ian a shout out because he drove, he was the driving force to say, no, we should put on record some of the things that we did, some of the things that we learned, some of the knowledge that we could share. So I'd say for anyone interested in a creative business in any shape or form, we just tried to lay out the things that we tried. We joke too, you can take any idea, steal it and make it better. The world right now, there's lots of great ideas out there and we need to, whether it's business or entrepreneurs or creatives, let's just help each other. And this was really about putting out some of our playbook in an open source fashion to say, hey, this is what we tried to do around people and well-being and doing the best work of your career around product, getting to good work, because that's hard in and of itself. And as much as it takes talent, it takes a process like we've got, we call it the rethink machine to get to better work and then around profit. And you'll see from the book, Chris wrote the intro around people. Ian wrote the intro around product and I wrote the intro around profit. And not that we stuck in those lanes, but I think we each talked about the role that those three played and it was shared learning. So we open sourced it within Rethink. We had a lunch and learn to say, hey, we're thinking of a book, here's the topics. We got feedback on the topics. And then, you know, we started down the process. We treated each chapter like a bit of a creative assignment so there's visuals and then morgan tyranny one of the creative directors and writers in vancouver super talented she actually took all the content and rewrote it all in one voice because it needed one voice to be able to be coherent and pulled together i want to share this is the nicest compliment that I got. It was a letter I got about a year ago because I sent it to a bunch of friends. He said, most books written by founders don't impress me. However, your lessons learned approach implies humility, thoughtfulness, and wisdom. After a couple chapters, I slowed down and he said, I just limited myself to one chapter per reading with times to reflect. Congratulations. So anyway, you know what? To get a nice note. And he said what we thought. This isn't about us. This is about, hey, if we can help some young entrepreneurs say, why not me? Like, I can do this. And these guys, hey, there's some 
not bad idea. So that was the inspiration. Yeah. That's great. So it's interesting. Eh? That was your inspiration. And then you got that feedback, which is, was exactly what you were out to do. He just confirmed that. So yeah. congrats. That's amazing. Can you say who it was? His name's Bob Wallace. Just a wonderful leader. I met, you know, one of the things I was fortunate enough to do, Julie, is I participated in a CEO forum group, a peer-to-peer forum group. So Bob was part of my CEO forum group and just a wonderful, wonderful, nice. inspiring guy. And you can just see how thoughtful. I think feedback is a gift. And when you get that kind of positive feedback, it's just it not that you need validation, but it's sure nice, right? <laughs> and and sure. it's, it's emotional. I hadn't picked up that letter for a year. <laughs> I know. You know what? It's interesting. I mean, it's not in the same caliber, but my motivation when I started this podcast, I don't know if I told it to, is really to help people because of what happened with COVID and people were being laid off. And there's all these forced entrepreneurs and small business owners. And it's not about me, but it's about me bringing on people like yourself to share your stories and your experiences and maybe some valuable tips to help them. When I get feedback or emails or messages, what I like about that is that it's actually confirming that what I set out to do is working. It's not about being the best podcast, but it's about I'm actually helping people, which was my ultimate goal. So I totally get where you're coming from in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see Ian's stamp and the visuals within the book are incredible. Chris is probably the best writer I know and an amazing editor. So yeah, it was just, it was... Uh, That's a awesome. Title. So you're like Roger Sterling and Chris is like Don Draper. <laughs> right? I've been married for 20 years, so no. I, well, but, but, I just... But I, yeah, for people right. who may not know the rules of, yes. you know, what they yeah. are, yeah. non-advertising people, I think yeah. when you say that, yeah. they get it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Did you ever watch yeah. Mad Men, by the way? Oh, or? God, of course. Okay. It was addictive, right? So we all did. And it was, I think it was really well done. Thank God I missed that era because I wouldn't be happily married with my inspiring life partner for oh. 25 <laughs> years if, if, if that no were kidding. the case, right? So. Or being alive, thinking of them sitting there with their, oh. you know, double scotches and cigarettes at their desks we caught the tail end of that and i was grateful that it was the tail end for sure so yeah too funny so yeah okay so you mentioned earlier you talked about your was it your first client or one of your first clients a and w they've been your client for almost 22 years is that fair to say yeah. Well, it is. You know, in our third month of business, AW was disgruntled. We'd worked in the category at the prior agency. So Jeff Mooney and Paul Hollins and their marketing team came in. Jeff was the CEO, Paul the president. And we were really honest with them about our approach and what we thought of their current work. And we teamed up. And it's funny, our connection to that brand, Chris and I both grew up in Edmonton, was baby burgers and baby mugs in the back of a car at the car hop, right? Like we knew that brand from our youth. And what we demonstrated is our belief in the brand and in the business. So it's been an amazing ride. So inspired by their journey as a Canadian brand. At the time, we were sort of fighting it out with a Burger King and Wendy's for number two in the category, right? Now, A&W is the dominant second, you know, second to the big guy. And we all know who the big guy is in the burger category. But what's so inspiring is their journey over the last 10 years into better food, into better ingredients, and to connect with the next generation of customer to go no hormones and steroids in the beef, now grass-fed, to go to a better spec of egg, a better spec, like just a better spec across the board. And that's what the world needs is I think people are looking for companies that are trying, are trying to be better. And relationships matter, right? Like, and if you've got a good relationship, you can do good work. 
If you don't have a good relationship, good luck doing the good work. It goes hand in hand. You think of my relationship with my business partners, my relationship with my life partners, my relationship with our client partners. Yeah. It's all the power of partnerships and truly treating each other with respect and looking out for each other and yeah. being a giver, not a taker. Like there's so much in that. And trust. Right? Trust and is tr huge. Oh. Right. Well, what we do is a byproduct of the trust we create, right? Yeah. So 100%. Yeah. So how did you help them or did you help them to rethink their brand and their branding? They lead their business strategy with a very disciplined approach. So they included us in that. And at the time, I'm going back to 2000, 1999 into 2000, they'd brought back the Burger family and were connecting with boomers at the time and the memories of the drive-in era. So we went through a full cycle with boomers and drive-in era and then rewrote the strategy. They led it. Okay, now boomers are stopping. You know, you get to a stage in age, you're not eating the burgers that you used to. So younger millennials was the new target. And we pivoted to that audience and then they go, burger family, what's that? They didn't have the emotional connection to the history, but what we created was an emotional connection to the food and better food. The one part, our spokesperson, Alan Lulu's his name, just the most amazing guy, we were able to transfer him from the fictitious manager in the driving era to the man on the street. Like, Everybody knows him. I was going to ask like, you about him, actually. Of course, boomers like him because he's kind of the same age and he's he is lovable, amazing. But then... All of a sudden, we can take him out and interact with Canadians, and everyone is okay with that. It's like taking a sitcom character out of a sitcom, yeah. go to a talk show as that character. It's like, yeah. what? What? That's never going to happen. Yeah, it's crazy. A lot of my audience are small business owners, solopreneurs. What are some tips or some advice that you could offer someone who's maybe thinking of rethinking their branding or trying to help somebody else, whether they're a small agency, to rethink their brand? What are some key tips or points that you can offer? Good branding actually starts with good business or corporate strategy. Like I think the first thing, we do our best work for businesses that are clear about who they are to begin with. So you don't approach it through the lens of what is your brand about, you approach it through the lens, what is my business strategy? What's my business purpose? What are my core values? What are the key points of difference for the product or service or what we deliver? So if you start with that, then the branding piece, it really comes out of that. A brand with a clear sense of purpose is like gold for us because then we can say, well, the emotional benefit is this, the functional benefit is that, the reason to believe and the shared belief is this, and then you create work against that to deliver on both the branding strategy, but more importantly, laddering up to the business or corporate strategy. So I'd say that piece for any client would be key. But the couple of the things that I'd say, which are in the book too, would be you want to net it down. They're overly ambitious and they try to do too many things and they don't do one thing well. So whether it's in a piece of communication, say one thing, say it well. If you've got three things to say, have three pieces of communication that say those three things. And I'm a big believer in sort of netting things down and simplifying things. And we call it in the book, ping pong ball theory, right? So if I threw five ping pong balls at you, you would probably catch none of them, right? Because you wouldn't know which one to focus on. If I threw one, I know because you look like an athlete, you'd probably catch it, right? So like Maybe throw, two. 
But even then, because it's almost impossible. Yeah, I'd say keep it simple, distill it down, one ping pong ball. And then the last piece is when you think of companies, you think of values. When I think of brands, I think of brand personality. Don't discount the ability for the brand to differentiate through the personality that you create for the brand. So, And again, to our earlier discussion about emotion, like you want to have a piece of communication that either inspires someone, you know, maybe they have a goosebump, maybe they got a tear, maybe something goes on. But you want to have a personality that creates that emotional connection. So it's not just what you say, but how you say it that can be the difference. I love those. Those are great. I'm just curious, though. So knowing all that and going back to your name and your your purpose and your values, if there's a brand out there or a business out there and they've been doing all those things you say, but when I think about rethinking, it's like think differently, right? So they've been doing it one way. What would be the motivation for them to think differently or to rethink what they're doing? What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result, right? So it would be to... So it's not working for them and they don't know why. Well, you don't know why. So, and, and the beauty of digital and the world we live in today is I read uh, Lean Startup, which is a great book, and it's all about iterative development, agile development. Test and try, test, try, learn, test, try, learn. So and fail. Failure is part of learning, right? 100% failure is part of it. Like, and, But the nice thing is, is today, I mean, you can fail fast and not as many people notice in the, you know, back when... In the digital in, space, yeah. Well, right. Back in the traditional space that you and I both lived in, man, you run some bad campaign and it's out there for weeks <laughs> and you're just dying, right? Because yeah. you know it's bad, right? So It's on billboards and bus boards. Oh, and you're just going, oh, did I do that? Yeah. So we didn't fortunately do too many of those. But yeah. I'd say fail fast, iterative design, be agile in your approach and test and learn. (laughs) I love that. That's actually great advice. So thank you. So music, we're going to switch gears. First of all, I love music. I love all music. Little Birdie told me that you are in a band called (laughs) 2.0. Tell me, what do you do in this band? What's your, do you play an instrument? Are you a singer? Tell me all about it. I want to hear. Well, it's kind of crazy. So what I had the joy and pleasure of doing is I was always the business, the suit in the room, literally, you know, wore the suit, was the business guy. I always said my job at Rethink was to create the conditions for great creative to happen, work on strategy, build trust with clients. But I always deep down thought, man, if only I were a creative, right? <laughs> well, you don't it, look like a suit guy. I mean, you're well, sitting there in a t-shirt and you've yeah. got your beads and, you know, you seem like <laughs> more of the creative. But yeah, I can see that. And I, like you, huge music fan over the years, literally six years ago, I walked into Long and McQuaid and I bought a Fender jazz bass. I just thought, okay, the guitar seems too difficult. I don't want to drum because it's a bit loud. When I listen to music, the bass line's always part of it. So I bought it and then I got home and I put it, well, here, I'll show you. I put it on the stand, right? So there it is. Oh, so awesome. I put it on the stand. And then for about two, three months, I just kind of looked at it and I thought, well, maybe it's just a piece of art, right? <laughs> so, yeah. so, but then I started playing tabs and I started on my own learning. And about a year later, I've got a place on Salt Spring. The guy who encouraged me to buy it has a place there. He's got, he's a drummer. So he said, why don't we just get together and we'll jam? Long story short, five years later, 
we've probably had, I don't know, I'm going to say 40, 40 gigs. We've opened for Tom Cochran this past. Uh, oh, wow. So how many of you are in the band? So there's four of us. I play bass. I sing backup. We've got a lead singer that plays some rhythm. We've got a lead guitarist and a, a drummer. And 2.0 is for most of us. We all have had careers and lives, right? So this is yeah. the next chapter. Yeah. So that's yeah. where 2.0 emerged from. It's like, what's next? What's different? I have this emotional connection to music. Mm -hmm. And I never, never, Jolie, I would never could have imagined that at this age and stage, I pivot into playing and now performing. And we've got about 70 songs in our repertoire. We play original. All Do you play all original or both? No, we play covers. So covers, I'd say okay. JJ Kale would be sort of roots, blues guy, Eric Clapton, John Mayer. We play some Bob Dylan. Oh, nice. If people want to learn more about you or they want to connect with you, Tom, what's the best way? Are you on social media at all by any chance? Yeah, I'd say the best place probably LinkedIn. I've got a pretty deep and connected LinkedIn presence. I'll put my email out there. It's tom at rethinkcanada.com would be the way to connect with me direct. And I just want to end, you're really good at this. (laughs) No, but I've really, I've just really enjoyed it. It's just felt like we've had just a, we were sitting on a couch having a coffee and having a chat. And I just want to commend you on your skills and your talent and just your success too with what you're doing. I'm really proud of you. And and it's, it's it's been a, just a pleasure. I'm to blushing. Be You're and, so and, kind. Thank you so well, much. I really appreciate are, it. Are you like I said, me? I mean, I'm so fortunate because I have amazing guests like you. When else can I get to sit down and have a one hour conversation with these incredible <laughs> leaders and you being one of them? So I'm honored and I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And quickly, the website is rethink.com. RethinkCanada.com. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you again. I look forward to meeting you in person. Next time I'm in Vancouver, we are definitely going to have to get together and uh, have a drink. Or I want to come see you play. When my band comes and plays the Calgary Stampede, I'm I'm (laughs) going to let you know for sure. So we absolutely love that. But it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. And really enjoyed spending time with you. Well, likewise, right back at you. And we'll talk soon. Bye. Thanks. Bye. And there you have it. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and maybe learned a few things to help you with your branding. But most of all, I hope you had some fun. This show is a work in progress, so please remember to rate and review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. And if you want to learn more about me and what I do to help my clients with their branding, feel free to reach out to me on any of the social channels under, you guessed it, Branding Badass. Branding Matters was produced, edited, and hosted by Jolie Goodson, also me. So thanks again, and until next time, here's to all you badasses out there.